Pondering Theologian Podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. In today's episode, I want to ponder some words of Jesus, um, kind of in in light of just uh, reflecting on the reality of the Christian landscape in America today. Uh, I'm sure this applies to other countries as well. I remember going to uh, a talk with Alan Hirsch, uh, a theologian from, uh, uh, they're based out of Australia, but they're South African, if I remember correctly. Anyway, they've written some great books, and I went to a talk that they hosted years ago, and they were talking about the decline of the church and you know what needs to be done in addressing this sort of issue and in seminary I had a professor who very much spends a lot of his time and his work on this sort of thing and we're sort of in this almost whirlwind time where different denominations are, are shrinking quite rapidly uh, and is it NPR uh, a couple days ago from the time that this is recorded um, released an article looking at the newest data which shows that the religious nuns N-O-N-E-S well, had a brain fart there are now the largest single religious group in the United States which kind of supports this idea that denominations and specific affiliations are shrinking, going away. And in the denominations and established mainline churches where I do a lot of my work and my ministry over the last couple decades, uh, many of them are in this kind of fearful place of the are churches destined to be destroyed? Are they destined to go away? Um, and out of that kind of idea, um, you know, are we being punished? Are we being destroyed? Are we going into exile like the Israelites? It's kind of this, this idea that conjures up in one's head. And it made me start thinking about individuals who also think or believe that God comes after individuals and punishes us, or that the wrath of God is evident in my life, which is uh, something that I've encountered since I was a child uh, in churches and outside with different religious individuals across the country. And reflecting on that as I was getting ready to preach somewhere this past weekend, and uh, I felt that I needed to speak to it in part. And uh, just so happened the scriptures for the lectionary kind of are meant to go in a different direction, I'm sure, when the people who wrote the Revised Common Lectionary, which is what I generally preach from, uh, put these together. Um, but a comment really stuck out to me in 
Mark chapter 1 verses 21 through 28. And I'll link all the other scriptures that I used when I was reflecting and praying and preparing the, the message that I gave. Um, but but there's a... Well, I'll, I'll just read the gospel lesson here and then we can talk about it more. It reads... They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were amazed, and they kept asking one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Um, Now, it's an interesting thing to think about these moments that Jesus spoke with unclean spirits or demons. Uh, In our gospel uh, reading here, we have one of these strange moments. And whether it's a demon, um, there's speculation out there that these uh, unclean spirits were forms of mental illness. Um, I don't know that I support that idea, but it is out there. But whether it's a demon, um, an unclean spirit, whatever you want to speculate that is, or simply an illustrative story, this is a rather pointed moment in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus is reported to have spoke with many, um, I guess not uh, spoke with, Jesus cast out many unclean demons. But Jesus only spoke with five that he cast out in his ministry, at least that the Gospels record. And in this particular moment, we have a rather illuminating comment. This demon, or spirit, is well acquainted with Jesus, just in the way that they respond. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And at this point, really only three people have spoken about Jesus, about who Jesus is uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, That is uh, very early in the Gospels, uh, Simeon and Anna in the temple, where they talk about Jesus and what he will do for the people of God, Um, and John the Baptist. These three have spoken about the true nature of Jesus in some ways. However, this single unclean spirit, I believe, has tapped into one of the underlying issues in many a mind who believe in Jesus. And that is the wrath of God, the ruin of God's anger, the destructive judgment waiting us all. Or however it is that they're talking about the anger and judgment of God today on some radio show, the TV, or social media. Um, Because I believe that the wrath of God is very misunderstood. Have you come to destroy us? It is a rather direct question, one that definitely believes that Jesus comes with the power to do so. For some of us, this might seem like an easy question to answer. Of course not. 
As we heard in the episode titled This Moment Will Pass Away, uh, the good news of the end of the age comes with it the reminder of God's love, mercy, grace, and an abundance of goodness. For many of us, whether loudly or just a little voice in our minds, the answer is eh, perhaps, yes, destruction might be waiting for me in some way. But maybe the answer is a, a, a resounding yes. I mean, we have heard from time to time how we all deserve the worst of punishment. Perhaps God is waiting to destroy us. Now, this is not always the smiting or the striking us down with lightning sort of destruction. Perhaps it is simply that all the trials and tribulations that we face, the troubles we feel God is giving us, or God is purposely making our life harder. Now, perhaps it is not you that you feel is waiting destruction. I talked earlier about churches specifically. You might look around and believe it's the church. Perhaps this uh, American church, this institution that has become the church, is the thing waiting for destruction. Um, and as I mentioned, and I'll link in the episode, some of the most recent data shows that denominations and even the difference between Protestant and Catholic are getting smaller. They're now smaller categories than the religious nuns, which are people who have no affiliation. Perhaps there is ruin waiting for us. Could this demon, this unclean spirit, be speaking the truth? I, I want to assure you that God does not intend for us to face ruin, even in light of this data, whether uh, it is us individually or us as churches. Uh, the data, which is reliable, shows many people do not trust denominations or churches attached to ideologies that have been made political. That is one of the major points if you just listen to people talk out in the world and not people being paid to talk. This data perhaps um, shows the church in America has become more like this unclean spirit. And by that, I mean that we have become more familiar with our procedures and policies than with Jesus Christ. And I want us to consider what it is we believe, though it might seem like our church or denomination or our branch of the tree of Christendom might be struggling, it does not mean that ruin awaits us. As we talked in uh, the episode previously, I wonder if at times we believe that we have God all figured out when the reality is that we have a minimal grasp on who God is. We talked about Jonah in the previous episode and how Jonah believed in the mercy and grace of God, but for himself, above and beyond Nineveh, definitely not them. Definitely not those people over there. And I asked you in the last episode at one point to consider who might be the Ninevites in your life. And if you considered that question, I wonder how many of us would list ourselves, our country, our hemisphere, our, our world even. I wonder how many of us believe the wrath of God awaits us now or has even been carried out against us in some way currently. This unclean spirit or demon, I believe, has touched on something that is common enough for many here in the United States, which is this idea that punishment is waiting around every corner for us. 
certainly it is common enough that we believe that if you get an abortion, if you don't have enough faith, if you don't tithe, if you don't dress in a suit and dress for church, or you don't do this or that, you will await judgment in some regard. I wonder if we do not expect that God is like that referee just waiting to call a foul or point out our mistakes, especially if we face a time of hardship or tribulation. Many times we think of this as a uh, trial to be tested, but uh, something that is testing our faith rather than a time for us to exercise our faith. You could think of it as a time of punishment for something we did rather than facing consequences for choices in the world we live. One is more cosmic and one is more just localized. I wonder if we don't miss something in these moments, a moment, if you will, to reflect on a grander picture. This unclean spirit or demon had clear behind the scenes knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. They know that Jesus is sent in God's name and are of God. And if we were to speculate for a moment, we might assume that this demon or unclean spirit are of whatever evil forces there are, right? Uh, you could call it Satan or Satan. Um, could be a fallen angel. Um, this clearly had some knowledge of who Jesus is, and not just familiarity in the name, but they would have a pretty clear idea, especially if they're a fallen angel or a demon, of who the triune God is. They know the power of the one who created the universe, perhaps better than we do. And even in knowing who God is, what God is, and what God stands for in the universe, this demon or unclean spirit seem to be missing something. They know the constants of God, things we highlighted again in the previous episode, the goodness, the grace, the love, the mercy. And the spirit asks if Jesus is not here to destroy them all. This question assumes in part that the wrath of God is simply waiting for the opportunity to exact itself on us all. I wonder how many of us are like this. How many believe in a prosperity gospel where, as if we have enough faith, we will find those good fruits in abundance and we'll find membership growing. We will find supports constantly evident in our lives and in our churches. Hardships will be at a minimum. I believe this misses some aspects of God's true nature. We assume at times that the anger and the wrath of God is waiting in the wings to swoop out or exact vengeance on us for the sins that we have done, but especially on the sins of those people over there. We sometimes think of this personal punishment that awaits us as a way to keep us honest. And I heard it put recently that the wrath of God or the possibility of this destruction is the only thing that keeps us accountable to the promise of Jesus Christ. And the reality is that Jesus did not come to destroy all people. We can see that in the way that Jesus even handles this unclean spirit. He silenced the unclean words and sent them out of the man and on their way. In Jesus' actions, we have this moment where we can see the power of God smite something evil, something unclean that is ungodly. The triune God in Jesus Christ could have displayed immense power and, and shown their cosmic nature by do, doing something much more dramatic. 
However, Jesus simply commanded the unclean words to stop and sent them out of the man. Ruin, or these moments of hardship where it feels like ruin is here or coming, is the result, um, sometimes feels like it's the result of God coming to destroy us. No matter what we do and where we go, though, the Holy Spirit awaits for us to engage in, faith, in a faithful way. That is not to say the wrath of God, the destructive consequences of our choices, will not have its moment, but I don't believe we understand the wrath of God and consequences in their own separate space very well. The wrath of God will not be enacted in our lives on this earth. Even though we might look at the First Testament of the Bible and wonder where the angry mountain God is in our day and age, the wrath of God is not something that is enacted in this life often, if at all. The wrath of God is the result of our sinful rebellions. It could simply be understood as the absence of the goodness, the love, the mercy, and the grace that God extends to all people. God is not in a hurry to have us face the consequences of our little rebellions, that is our sins. God is not impatient like we can often be. God has eternity and can grasp what that means. When we look around and wonder if destruction is waiting for us or if we are expecting it in light of the declining church membership, American Christianity shrinking, the seemingly growth of people everywhere becoming less loving and tolerant of each other, or any other number of things, I believe we ought to step back and ask if we're not facing natural consequences for our choices. God is not enacting some slow, painful destruction on all the little churches everywhere for something we all did. However, it is possible that's the natural consequences of choices we as individuals and we as churches make and how society continues to evolve. Jesus did not come to destroy for not having enough faith or even when we think of Peter going out in the boat and sinking in the waves Jesus did not let him drown or belittle him once he pulled him back up. Jesus asked, why did you doubt? Why did you let your doubt take your eyes from me? Why did you let all that other stuff get in the way of our connection? Even when we think of the, the, the story of Thomas, or you know, we call him Doubting Thomas, who would not believe in the resurrection until Jesus appeared and offered him the physical proof he demanded. Jesus did not destroy Thomas or let him fall into ruin. Thomas, in fact, does great things in the growing of the church well after this moment, even being named a pillar of the church. Our God does not come to destroy, and the wrath of God is not playing a slow game waiting for us to finally succumb. The constants of God, the things we highlighted in that last episode, are what God comes in. Jesus in this gospel spoke in power, in authority, and with grace and mercy. Be silent, come out of them. And the unclean spirit did so. Jesus could have been way more dramatic, showing off the power that he has. However, Jesus came to save. The wrath of God may be the consequences of one's actions, such as what probably waits that unclean spirit's actions. However, even for them, Jesus did not come to this earth to destroy them. It is the thing that awaits the end of our lives. 
And as we think about our future, whether that be our individual futures or the future as of the church, I want to assure you that Jesus did not come to destroy us. And I've, I've spent most of this episode trying to drive home that point, whether that be in thinking of our financial situations, our health, our personal relationships, or whether that be in churches, that be declining membership, declining tithing, or declining reputations in our neighborhoods. Whatever it might be, those things are not the destruction of Jesus or the wrath of God enacting itself on us. It is the consequences of the actions of humans and the sinful desires of us in some way. So the question I would pose to us all this episode is pretty simple. How do you understand in your life the consequences that face you and those around you or the consequences of someone else's choices on your life? And where have you perhaps attributed those to God? God does have a grand plan in all things, but our free will is a wild card that often makes it hard to see God's grand plan. God wants us all to be prosperous and find good things in life, but if our choices and the actions that we choose and those around us do not support that, we will find ourselves making things more difficult and things start to feel like ruin around us everywhere. Are you like the unclean spirit, waiting for the wrath of God when it's not meant for us now? I implore you to consider the words of this uh, unclean spirit or demon and think about the wrath of God and how all of those things work together. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on what I've spoken about in this episode and um, just the, the reality of where the church is today, whether that be a non-denom church or a denominational church or are you one of the religious nuns? How do you feel about all of this stuff? How does it work together for you? I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, down in the show notes is all the contact for the podcast. You can reach out through social media or email. Those are the two best ways. Uh, if you listen on Spotify, you can respond directly through a question down in the episode description. But please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, I hope that you're doing well. Know that God loves you. No matter what, there's nothing that you or anyone else can do about that. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, it's Nathaniel, the Pondering Theologian. Um, I would just like to say thank you to you who are listening to this episode. It means a lot to me to know that there are people who listen to this podcast and that there are those that find value in what I may say, or at least in causing some thought-provoking uh, conversation in your head. I would be very grateful to, to you if you could share this episode with somebody that you care about, or if you find any episode that you find yourself thinking about or going back to, whatever it may be, if you could share this podcast with others, it would mean a lot to me. 
I'm not looking for it for monetary gain in any way, but I, it means a lot to me personally in my own um, goals for this podcast to know that people find value in this conversation, whatever that value may be. And I would love to be able to have more conversation with more people. So if you could share the podcast with somebody, I would be very grateful. And again, thank you for listening to the Pondering Theologian podcast. See you in the next episode.